Hey, hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am your host, Lucky, and today I got that freaking intro right because I am back home in Texas. Had a great time visiting family and friends over in California, but I mean, I think, oh man, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I was dealing with a lot of emotion. Like, I don't know if it was, it was emotions, but I'm trying to figure out how to explain it. I was dealing with so much because when I w went to California, it was the first time that I thought to myself, because, you know, I'd been back in June and I didn't really get this feeling because I was in like, I was in kind of like another part. Uh, I didn't really travel around a whole lot. I traveled around to like certain places. That was kind of it. But I just remembered this time, like since we rented a car and actually driving around and kind of remembering stuff, I was like, this isn't the place that I grew up in. And it made me realize, oh, this isn't my home anymore. And that was a big, uh, like, gut punch for me because I just started thinking to myself, like, man, this is, uh, this is it's a weird feeling to have when you go back to your, ho your home and see things that weren't there before, see the, and hear people's, you know, I mean, dude, I talked to a lot of people, man. I talked to this one woman who was, uh, you know, she was mentioning that, she, you know, in about five years, she's going to be moving to Colorado because her husband who makes like more than a hundred K by the way, more than a hundred thousand a year can, they cannot buy a home here. Isn't that wild, dude? That is so, and it just made me so thankful that I decided to move when I did. Um, and I'm definitely like, uh, you know, uh, where I live in Austin, not going to get any better either. I, 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 you know, and that's the, the, I think that's a blessing in disguise, right? I think sometimes we look at the shortcomings in our life um, and the bad things that happen to us in our lives as a, a curse. And they can be, um, they definitely can be, don't get me wrong. But the, the gift of knowing what's to come in Austin, I see it all written on the walls. There are celebrities moving here. There are the tech companies moving here. You already, I mean, if you guys grew up in the Silicon Valley like I did, you already can see the writing on the wall here. And by the way, this isn't anything like political or anything. It's just whenever there's a tech company that moves in and, you know, the, the quality of life starts going up. And, you know, one of the things that uh, happened was my, my friend who lives uh, pretty close to uh, like a Google campus kind of thing, um, you know, they're eventually, he's really afraid because at some point they're going to want to expand that thing. And what's going to happen to the places around it? Well, they're going to get bought out and he's paying rent over there. So he's not the landlord of the place. So he doesn't get to choose whether or not he will, um, you know, uh, sell or not. So, you know, dealing with that kind of level of anxiety can be tough. And, you know, uh, when I was over there, man, it was just so interesting to see the different, uh, you know, the different uh what would you say the different personalities over there? You know, I, I just, I've, I've just much more at home in Texas now, I think. And, you know, I've just become so accustomed, uh, just like if, if somebody was accustomed to being in California um, and eventually went to Texas, uh, maybe not Austin because it's pretty much California, but um, you, know, and, you know, one thing that I noticed was my social anxiety wasn't nearly as high as I thought it might be um, seeing some of these people, uh, seeing, you know, my cousin and, you know, uh, on my Samoan side, which I would have gotten to see more of them. But, you know, I it, it was hard to plan around everybody, man. It was very hard to plan around everybody's schedule. So uh, still got to see a fair amount of people. And, you know, um, it really gave me the recharge that I needed, which just started to make me think that I might be more extroverted than I, I thought I was at first. 
Um, but uh, either way, either way. Um, well, speaking of anxiety, we are going over to the social anxiety subreddit. Uh, if you guys are new here, first off, welcome. Basically, what I do is I go to different uh, subreddits that have anything to do with mental health and give them uh, some generalized advice. But uh, I'm not a professional by any means, so feel free to take it, take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life however you see fit. Anyway, why don't we go into... Actually, there was one... There's a good way to uh, transition into here. Uh, let's see. How about... There we go. Uh, since we were just talking about introverts and extroverts earlier. Um, by the way, if you guys are unfamiliar with these terms, introverts are more... Uh, they we, we Think about, about it in the sense of recharging. So introverts recharge when they're alone, meaning like that. that's how they, they, they get their energy back. Whereas extroverts recharge in with other people okay um and i i think that I, I i'm starting to feel like i might be an extrovert but i with introvert personality so it's very hard for me to figure out but anyway uh let's go into this first post here uh, the title is is it possible to go from introverted to extroverted as an adult or from socially anxious to socially confident or will it always feel unnatural so um, you have to be careful with your 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 terms here. So you changed it at the end, which is good. But when you when people first think about socially anxious people, they think that all socially anxious people are introverts. Now, actually, that might be a good amount of them. Who knows? Uh, I don't know the the off the top of my head if there were any studies on that. But I have met extroverted, uh, socially anxious people. People who actually do like they they actually get sad being alone. And I'm not, <laughs> I, 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 that's why I say I'm an introvert. Like I can actually be alone for a good amount of time. Now, granted, everybody needs to need some type of, uh, social interaction. And, you know, just like with extroverts, everybody needs some time to themselves at some point. Right. So, um, you know, it's just on how far of the spectrum of introvertedness versus extrovertedness you are. So, uh, but people tend to think that you have to change into an extrovert in order to overcome social anxiety. You, you don't need that. Uh, in fact, when I was talking to Dr. Tanessa Franks uh, a long time ago on my YouTube channel, uh, one of the things a uh, uh, psych clinical psychologist who one of her specialties is social anxiety uh, is dealing with people with social anxiety. Um, well, when we talk about it, people tend to think like, oh, I just want to be an extrovert. An extrovert, you don't have to change who you are. Like if you actually, if you need some time to yourself, uh, maybe, maybe you spend more time by yourself than you do with other people and you feel really okay with that, but maybe you think society's telling you to do something otherwise. You don't need to think about that. Think about it that way. Like there are a lot of people who I know who just, when they come home, dude, they are so happy to just be by themselves for a little while and just recharge. And I, you know, I'm definitely one of those people, man. I, I love, I mean, dude, I started getting really into single player games just so, and I just feel so at home being by myself. But at the same time, I, I, I see it on the other side where, I, you know, when I came to California, I was just so happy to see people, man. I was like, wow, this is so cool to see people in person, all that kind of stuff. Uh, doing the some of the things that I remember, like doing karaoke. If you guys are on my Instagram, you you know that uh, I was over at uh, Woodham's Lounge. Definitely go check that place out. It's on Stevens Creek Boulevard. Is that, is that the name of the street? Dude, I can't remember any of the streets in California anymore. Uh, over in San Jose to maybe Santa Clara. I don't remember. Either way. Um, so, you know, even then, you know, when I was at that, that, that karaoke bar, like I was just kind of chilling with, with my, with my Sprite. My, my, my friend knows my go-to drink at bars now. He's just like, yeah, uh, my friend will have a Sprite and I'll have a hazy IPA, you know, that kind of stuff. 
uh, which is really cool. It, it means that he's, he's accepted me as a, as a sober person. It's always nice to have that support and stuff like, you know, not somebody like, Hey, come on, dude, have a shot, have a shot, you know, like pushing and stuff uh, that that's kind of where I, I lay my boundaries at, right? Like, Hey, don't try and force me to drink. And all my friends kind of know that, that as well. Um, but, you know, in terms of, you know, when I was over at that bar, one of the things that I noticed was I wasn't interacting with, like, everybody. I was mostly interacting with my friend. But, you know, every now and then I'd, like, I'd interact with people, you know, because, you know, when you're when you're singing, people want to, like, interact with you. Or when you're when somebody else is singing, you know, you want to clap for them. You want to, like, sing along with them and let them know that you're with them, that kind of stuff. Uh, karaoke is very much uh, about the singer, but it's also about the audience and how they respond to it, right? So, Either way, it was it was a lot of fun, but you know you don't have to be become a full extrovert to become socially confident, right? Um, dude, there there are times where I am in like a social situation where I just I'm like, hey, I uh, I'll be right back, and I just like I walk out outside and just chill out by myself, dude. Every now and then, like one or two people follow me, and that's fine. Um, but you know, if it's like the whole like if it's like the whole group of people that I was with, like I'm like I gotta go somewhere else, right? So at least for me. I I've always found that I like to have a little bit of alone time to myself. Um, but like I said, you don't have to change who you are fundamentally um, to you have to, but you still have to work on those skills. It doesn't mean you have to be an extroverted person. Um, could it change? You maybe, I, I don't really know about the, the plasticity of that. Right. I, I'm not, you know, I've never done research into that to be real with you. Um, Cause I never thought it was as fruitful as just simply uh, getting as, uh, honing your social skills to, uh, participate in society, you, to participate in society, you don't always have to be around people. Okay. It's, it's not, you don't have to be around people 24 seven. Right. Um, so at least for, for me, I never really thought about trying to change fundamental, the, the fundamental, uh, leanings that I have inside. Right. Like I always had a fundamental leaning towards wanting to kind of be alone, but at the same time, I, since I've become more, uh, better with social skills i have uh, you know there is this like curiosity to just talk to people now so uh and not not by fear not driven by fear but actually driven by wanting to know a little bit more about them because you know ever since doing doing podcasts and stuff you kind of need more material so as you talk to people you get more material to talk about so and that's not just me using them right um every social situ situation is going to have like a give and take to it so I've always enjoyed, now I start to enjoy that a little bit more. But in terms of trying to change yourself into an extra, from an introvert to an extrovert, first off, that is a complete 180. So be careful about doing something like that extreme. But also, uh, if that is, if you want to become a little bit more uh, social, then there's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, you know, but make sure your social skills, uh, you develop your social skills. And listen, that's going to mean making a lot of mistakes, uh, being embarrassed, right? I mean, it, it's happened to me a lot, man. I've been embarrassed a lot. So, you know, definitely, uh, you know, try and try realize that's going to be part of the process as well. So uh, best of luck to you. Next post is, oh, I did something embarrassing today. Holy crap. I'm never getting over this. I gave my professor a Christmas present. I gave him chocolates in a bag and wrote on the card on the bag. Thanks for being a great teacher. Merry Christmas. Bruh. I'm thinking now, is that inappropriate? Like what? I was trying to be nice, but now I'm thinking that was freaking weird. I'm actually thinking back after a horrible, stressful day, realizing what I just did. Sorry, I don't know if this counts as social anxiety, but I suffer from it majorly. Uh, I'll see him a lot next semester, and I don't know how the hell I'm going to face him right now. 
Like, does that look like I'm creepy? Like I'm a creepy student who's crushing on him? Oh my God, I'm 24 too, not even a younger student. Please tell me this wasn't a hor horribly weird to do it, to do. I actually don't know why I felt the need to do that. I'm cringing so hard. And then there's an edit here. So I'm assuming a lot of people um, uh, got, uh, you know, ended up talking to her. Thanks, guys. You made me feel a lot better. I was literally hyperventilating last night. Thanks. Uh, thinking I'd never get over doing that and how utterly cringy it was. Okay. Actually, you know, I have an interesting story about this. So I was in a group, uh, the, the Zoom group. And something happened, right? The the person who was leading the group, uh, their internet freaking died. And it's a, it's a religious group. So we usually end off in prayer uh, with the, the leader doing it, right? And so this must have been, geez, like last, last week? Last week? Yeah. And so, you know, I we kind of just kept talking and the time was already up. So I was like, okay. Uh, I just kind of cut it in. I just kind of cut it in. I said, Hey, listen, you guys, uh, you know, everything sounds pretty good with you guys. Wish you guys all the best. Would you guys want to end in prayer since we always do that? Bro, I was so nervous because A, I've, this is only my second, second or third meeting with these people. So I don't know them on a personal level. I don't know their names. So when I was praying, I had to keep on, uh, because we were on Zoom, right? So I had to keep on, uh, moving my mouse to see what their names were. Uh, <laughs> and I was just nervous the entire time. Uh, and then, you know, we ended the thing and I, geez, dude, the amount of post, uh, uh, what, what do we say? Uh, post what, God, I'm trying to remember the, the spiral that we talked about. So there's pre event, uh, well, it's called post event. The amount of post event anxiety that I had was off the chart. Like, dude, I, I went, I walked into the, the other room, grabbed some water. And then for the rest of the day, cause I had to, I had to get my flight to California. Um, I just ended up playing video games, trying not to, trying to just de-stress, dude. I was so stressed out from that one thing. And, uh, this is the, this is the thing, right? When you're that stressed out, you kind of need to chill out for a little bit. Um, you need to do something that, uh, obviously if you have the time to do it, right? Like obviously there are going to be other things, um, but you want to, if you can, uh, prioritize your uh, your recovery from that. Okay, um, me doing that. I just first off, like I said, all these people know each other. They don't know me as well. One of them does. The leader does because they're the ones that was telling me about the events and stuff. But I was really, really shot after that. Um, but people may hear this who don't have social anxiety and be like, Oh, that seems like it's a really nice thing. Right. I'm sure even the professor was like, this is really nice. I really appreciate it. Um, but in the, when you end up giving somebody something or you end up doing something out of character for yourself. And sometimes you kind of do it. Like I just kind of did it as, as an impulse. I was like, Oh yeah, we need to end this. And I want to, uh, you know, I, I don't see anybody else doing it. So maybe I'll do it. Right. And you don't realize the the anxious ramifications that are going to happen afterwards. Um, and what I will say to this person is good for you. You did it. You gave somebody a present. You probably made that professor's day, right? And listen, is there like a, per, a percentage of a chance that he may take it the wrong way and think that you were trying to get at him? Of course. I mean, listen, they, you know, if, if there's a cute student that gives you a, uh, in college, right, obviously they're, obviously let's keep this legal, uh, that gives you a present, like, sure, I mean, you could stroke a, uh, somebody's ego at, at some point too, 
but ultimately, either way, you did the you you had had the intention of letting them know that they were a great teacher, and you know you probably made their week. You know, uh, so think about more about what your intention behind it was. Right, my intention behind that prayer was to really let everybody know that they were loved and that even after this meeting that God was going to be with them. Right. Uh, And now I'm going to stop the religious talk from that on. But like I said, that was, that was my intention, right? Your intention was to let your teacher know that they were appreciated and that, uh, that they were doing a great job as a teacher, right? How many of people in their retail jobs want their manager to finally just, or a customer to let them know, Hey, listen, you really helped me out there, buddy. I don't know how many of you guys have worked in retail before, but that is one of the that was one of the best things to hear from somebody, man. Just hearing somebody say, "Hey, I really appreciate it. You really know your stuff," even though I probably didn't. I was probably BSing them, um, but just just hearing that was so fulfilling, dude. And so, listen, um, I, it seems like a lot of people helped you out, and I really do hope that you uh, tick this off, or you know, like a little checklist, like this, like you did it. You you're working your way. Uh, towards bettering yourself despite your social anxiety. And I am proud of you for that. Good job. Next post here. Does anyone feel behind in life? I have pretty severe social anxiety. I've never bought anything on uh, my own before. I don't I don't go places anymore, and I just can't get myself to do things that others can. This has held me back in so many ways. I want to go places and meet new people, even go to university one day, but I'm scared my anxiety will hold me back. People around me just can get on a bus and go somewhere, and I envy them. I know it's up to me to change my own life, and I'll probably have to do things socially to get over my fears. But for now, I'm just hating my mind. I'm just hating my mind has got uh, that my mind has gotten to this point. Does anybody else feel this way? Sure. I mean, you know, in terms of me feeling behind in life, like I'll give you an example, right? We're uh, there. My class, you know, I'm class of 2011, and uh, wait, huh? Wait, I'm my class of 2000. Oh my god, sorry. So we're having our uh 10-year reunion, I guess. It was so it was supposed to be it was supposed to be this year, right? Okay, that's what threw me off. It was supposed to be this year due to COVID. Um we had to move it on, they had to move it on to next year. And then, you know, one of my friends was like, "Hey, you know, you should you guys should come." I'm personally not going to come cuz I don't want to just go out to California to go see people that I, I you know, just quite frankly, I don't really keep in touch with a lot of them and everybody that I do keep in touch with, I just saw. Right. Uh, so it doesn't matter to me. And it's not like a petty thing or anything like that. It's literally like, I kind of see who I want to see now. Uh, it'd be cool to see some of those other people, but I don't need to anyway. Um, but I, there, there are moments where I start to think to myself, like, man, I am, what am I doing, dude? Like I'm talking to the internet right now. <laughs> I'm talking to the internet right now, and it's it's so strange to me. Um, and to be honest with you, when I hear about people, you know, like I have a cousin that's doing really great, great things, I start running down the the comparison rabbit hole, and we all have this, right? Um, you know, you you run down the comparison rabbit hole of, oh my god, I wish I had this, I wish I had that. Um, and I usually have to stop myself and just remember that I'm doing a lot better than the past me is. I'm doing a lot better than what I was doing a year ago, two years ago. As long as you can say that, then you're doing well. Now, if you aren't, then that's the time to start changing. 
what uh, what could I be doing better? We there's this term in in uh, weightlifting called progressive overload. I, it might be in other other forms of fitness, but uh, I typically hear it in weightlifting. Right? It's the idea of um, actually no, they use it in cardio too. So uh, it's the idea that let's say if let's use cardio as an example, right? If you are walking, uh, let's say you're 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 like you're like me, right? Like where I'm just I'm I'm walking. Like I I ain't gonna run. Um, you're walking and let's say you walk for 20 minutes on the treadmill at an incline of like, I don't know, five or whatever. Um, I don't know what, if that's different on each treadmill. So that's just what I use on my treadmill. Uh, but let's say you're walking for 20 minutes and you decide, okay, so tomorrow I'm going to walk 20 minutes in one second. Next day, I'm going to walk 20 minutes in two, two seconds, right? If let's say if you go to the gym four times a week, you're adding four seconds a week to the time that you're doing cardio. And eventually you're going to make a lot of gains just from that progressive overload. Well, you can, uh, you can uh, apply that to different parts of your life. As long as you're getting better than last time, which is where I got, I got, I got that from Greg Doucette, uh, shout out to him on YouTube. Um, as long as you're getting better than last time, you're, you're, you're getting better in life. You're becoming the uh, better version of you, man. And as long as you can, you can look at yourself that way, man, there is so much for you to gain, you know, and I think, and this is, sorry to get a little bit dark here, but this is one of the reasons why, uh, this is one of the, the ways that I got myself to, to not, um, how do I say this in a nice way, just in case there's somebody uh, young listening to this, the way that I got myself to not want to end my own life was to realize that if I did, I would never become the best version of myself. Because listen, the thing is, you think that you can't ever get better when you're in that state. And the problem is, if you don't, if you off yourself, for lack of a better term, uh, you will never become a better version of yourself, right? You don't get better by, uh, by dying. You get better by living and striving and suffering, quite honestly. Um, but through that suffering, if you can survive that suffering... You can become stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I know it's very cliche, but it does work for the most part. And listen, there are definitely some, uh, uh, there are definitely some ways that maybe that doesn't work. But you can certainly, uh, there are a lot of things in life that we tend to think cripple us don't cripple us nearly as much as as the real things that cripple us do. So, um, you know, in terms of feeling behind in life. I do, but I also know that as long as I'm still alive, I still have a chance to get further, to get further, to get further, to get further. Do, and can you imagine if I keep doing this by the time I'm like, you know, I've been doing this for, for a year now. Well, just the podcasting, uh, the YouTubing I've been doing for a little bit while longer, uh, you know, for well, I've, the YouTubing I've been doing seriously for at least since 2019. So two years, right? So uh, or maybe 2018. So maybe about three years. So either way, that is a lot of time that I put into this. And listen, I'm starting to see results. I'm starting to see different, me use different uh, techniques. I'm starting to finally see some uh, viewer feedback. And I, um, and if I want to get better at that, I can't just stop. I can't just end my own life. I have to keep going. Um, and you do too. Just because you think that you're not getting any better because you're looking at everybody else, right? Don't like just put the blinders on and move forward, man. If you strip and stumble, then take care of yourself and 
and ask for help and, you know, all that good stuff. But, you know, uh, you can't just look at other people and expect that you're going to have what they have by not doing anything, by simply offing yourself. Um, sorry to get into the suicide talk, but I thought it was it was relevant to what we were talking about here because no matter how far behind I feel like I'm in, I am in life, I always think there's always room to improve, man. And I think that's what make life makes life so, so uh, entertaining, but also so stressful because you always know you can get better, and it's on you whether or not you get better. So uh, let's do, yeah, let's do one more. I know we're running a little bit. Uh, I know we're running a little long here, but uh, let's see here. Um, okay. It says help. Hi, I'm an introvert with social anxiety and don't talk to girls. How do I start a conversation that won't be awkward? All my friends have no problem with this. How should I start? Thanks. Uh, well, one of the things you can do, uh, one of the, one of the ways that you can do this is actually just legitimately talking to them. So like without a, without an ulterior motive, right? Um, you know, obviously you can go talk to a cute girl and just say, Hey, how's it going? Um, you know, I, I was doing this a little bit in the, the, the karaoke bar that I was in the other day, but not like, you know, not super, not to like really flirt with people just to like ask them, you know, you know, what, what was their story? All that kind of stuff. I got to talk to a cool dude and we, 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 um, we had a cool moment about, you know, talking about our fathers and stuff, uh, you know, obviously he was, uh, drinking so maybe that that helped him become a little bit more open to me but that's you know uh that that is what it is but um when you're when you're talking to people uh especially in certain listen i i am one of those people who like the gym is sacred to me so i do not hit on girls in there although there are some really hot girls in my gym um i do not hit on girls in the gym uh, that's just my code. Now I do, there, there's a lot of debate behind this and I, I completely understand that. Right. Uh, for me, I don't want to be bothered and I don't want you and I, and therefore I don't bother other people. So that's just my, my thought process. Um, but in terms of, you know, talking to girls, just start off, just, uh, start off with a conversation. Like, uh, if there's something interesting about them, right. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I like to bring up sometimes is, uh, you know, is, is their, uh, their appearance. You'd be surprised at how many girls actually want you to want people to talk about their appearance. Now, not, <laughs> you don't want to go like the, the street route, like, hey, that ass, you know, you want to be classy about it, right? Like, Hey, that's a really interesting way that you did your hair. How, like, how long does that, does that take? Because I know, and then you can bring up, uh, this is where experience with women in your past can help. What, and then by the way, I don't mean just girlfriends that you can talk about, your mother, your family, like your family, right? Uh, having girls in your family is also an advantage, right? Like you can figure out, oh yeah, uh, wow, those are really interesting. Uh, you know, those are really beautifully colored nails, right? Uh, interesting might not be the best word, although I do tend to use it a lot. <laughs> um, but you know, that that might uh, make you feel a little uncomfortable with that. Uh, but yeah, wow, those are really beautiful nails you have there. Did do you Do you have a place that you go to or is that, you know... Uh, just sparking up a conversation. Just, literally, the first part of the conversation is the hardest part. After that, it's actually not too hard to to keep the conversation going. If you need tips on that, maybe I'll do um, uh, a video on it. But you you know, uh, compliments are always a good way to start off, right? Whether or not you have an ulterior motive, man. I mean, who cares, dude? Who cares at this point, right? Um, 
but make sure that it doesn't seem like you do meaning that you're actually talking and that you're actually engaged with what she has to say okay uh that's what i always i always find that people and this is just for, for people in general right whether you're a man or a woman you'll find that if people take an interest in what you're interested in man people can talk for hours man so you can literally just give her the green light to go off on whatever she wants to talk about so um and inter and interject with like, hey, that's really interesting. Like if you're talking to a girl and she, um, let's say you compliment her, her uh, makeup or something like that. Wow, that you have really good. Wow, you're really good at uh doing makeup. I just realized you look really beautiful right there. Um, you know how, uh, you know how how long does it? Uh, or you know you don't have to say how long does it take, but you know how um. Uh, you know, where'd you learn how to do that? And then she said, oh, well, I'm actually going to beauty school right now. Beauty school. Oh, well, where do you go to? You can, you can like start to connect the dots. As you can tell, I'm not the best at it. And I've also, uh, I need some work at it as well, because I start to notice that sometimes, maybe this is my social anxiety talking, but sometimes I feel like I say the wrong things and girls kind of like look at me a little strange. I'm like, oh, I did not mean it like that. Uh, but you can kind of stem off the conversation. Listen, that's what practice is all about, man. That's what practice is all about. <laughs> so anyway, guys, remember you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. I will have a video out tomorrow. What it will be about, uh, I don't know yet. So <laughs> but as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.